Right, there we go, there we go. Welcome back to my second hour on air right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. Of course, Cape Cool. Cape Pulpit as well, 7 to 9 a.m. Thank you guys for staying tuned to your daily companion. Special shout out this uh, afternoon, well, this evening, afternoon in some countries, but I actually wanted to acknowledge the people that is in other countries that's tuned in right now. We've got people this evening uh, tuned in uh, all the way from Australia. We've got people tuned in from Israel. Charles uh, Wistazen just sent me a message all the way from Mumbai in India. Uh, we've got a couple of people tuned in from all around the world. And it's so awesome that you guys are joining us tonight. All right, so earlier today I posted who will be joining me um, on air tonight. And I want to give a special shout out to um, all the church leaders tuned in tonight. Um, I sent a special message where I, I'm not going to say plead, but where I asked Church leaders in South Africa on a, on, a, on, a, on a platform where a lot of uh, pastors are, and I asked them to tune in tonight because what myself and Reverend Paul Coupe will be discussing tonight will have a huge impact on the Church of Christ. And you've got to make your voice heard. There's, um, there's a few big things coming our way. Um, and I also know that, that, that this evening we have got the awesome honor and privilege of actually making a difference to this proposed Papura Bowl, and are we going to chat a bit about, about that. If you want to join this evening's chat, please do so. Right now in front of me, all our social media platforms are open, um, our activity feeds here, WhatsApp, Telegram, SMS, our Facebook feed, everything is open here in front of me. It is 082 uh, I'll say that again, 082 Send me a message if you want to ask me or perhaps uh, Reverend Paul Coupe a question. I also know that we've got to take our time uh, every single second with Reverend and Paul Coupe because um, I'll be sharing this on my platform. Please go to my platform right now. Church leaders, uh, organizational heads, go have a look this evening at 8 o'clock from 8 to 9, Legislative Indaba for the Body of Christ. It'll be a Zoom session with Reverend Paul Coupe, uh, Attorney Paul Coupe, co-host, and uh, Bishop uh, Sakele Makubu will also tonight be on, uh, on, on this Zoom platform, this Indaba, where churches has got to be informed. All right, let me not waste any further time. Um, her voice is, anyway, way more beautiful than mine. So maybe I should just acknowledge her. That's, that's the best way to go. Rev, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm great. Thanks, Dwayne. It's always good to be online with you and um, having a time to be able to talk to the church, discuss the church, our obligations and our duties as not only um, sons of God, but also as citizens of South Africa. So it's an awesome privilege again to be chatting with you about really important things. And uh, evening to the, all the listeners out there, and it's great to hear how many countries you're touching now. Yeah, all the all the glory for God, Rev, uh, to to God. Um, this is absolutely what social media and technology can do, and we got to use that. I believe the world is using it yep. for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. We got to use technology mm-hmm. for the right reasons, and I'm excited. There's a few there's a few big names in South Africa's churches that's tuned in tonight. So a special shout out to those pastors that's willing to take a stand, um, Rev. Um, just before we continue, you've got a busy time ahead of you the next few days. Um, <laughs> you are walking out of this session into our next session. Tell us about the session later this evening. 
Yeah, listen, we've got to mobilize people. And one thing I've picked up around our people is we have a tendency to wait until the last minute, you know. Um, so I knew that the last few days we're just going to really have to try and mobilize as much as possible because that's when we usually wake up to something. So, um, yes, we do have another Zoom meeting and I've sent you the details, the flyer. Otherwise, people can go to my Facebook page and they can get the Zoom link. But at eight o'clock, we'll be starting what we're calling a legislative ndaba. And we'll pretty much be doing, you know, what we're doing here, which is to try and, and give uh, background that what I'm going to be covering here with you today now is what I'm going to be covering also in the Zoom meeting. For those who might have missed the radio session, then they can um, listen to or participate in the Zoom meeting. And the beauty about the Zoom meeting is it's going to be recorded. So we will also be able to send the recording out for those who missed it. But what we're going to be touching today is we're going to have a just a tiny little background on the hate speech, what it is. And it's very similar to the Papuda bill. So in terms of, you know, its intention and the agenda behind it, it's very similar to the Papuda bill. And uh, we're going to talk about the background. We're going to talk a little bit about the definition in terms of the law. What is, is the definition of hate speech? We're going to talk a little bit about the limitations. There's a clause that's dealing with limitations, meaning when would it not apply? And a little bit about what are the consequences and the implications if you're found guilty of having, you know, infringed on the hate speech law. And then we're going to also discuss a little bit about what are some of the challenges that are seen with the legislation. And then we're going to end it with practical steps, i.e., what can you and I do as ordinary citizens? What can we do to impact, to influence this bill? So that's pretty much the outline of what we're going to chat about today. But tonight, yes, do join us on the Zoom meeting if you can. If, if you couldn't stay for the whole session this time, or if you know somebody who couldn't join, invite them to our Zoom meeting, our legislative ndaba with Bishop Sakele Makubo. Um, he's uh, very influential with the TTF, the Tembisa Transformation Forum, is a, a fraternal of pastors. I think it's about 600 churches, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he's um, in, in the Gauteng region. He's very influential. He's been uh, a leader with the TTF. So he's mobilizing that forum and other forums, other fraternals for us to just discuss. And, you know, Dwayne, I'm really encouraged by what you started to do, you know, because it's been as a result of our conversations our monthly conversations that we really started to plug in to say, how can we mobilize the church? Not these intermittent, you know, because you know what's happening, Dwayne, is we tend to get into emergency mode, you know? Mm. And, you know, we react instead of responding. Mm. So every now and then when there's a bill, ah, we start running helter-skelter. Hey, guys, hey, guys, we've got to act. But we have to be more strategic around this. And so I'm loving the way it's unfolding now, whereby we have regular conversations. And in having regular conversations, then we can now mobilize pastors in, in a formal setting where we can say, listen, this is what's going to happen. And they can go back and mobilize their congregations in a strategic way, in a planned kind of way. 
where we're not just emergency reacting, but we're actually strategically responding. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm probably going to have one of my pastor colleagues being very angry at me now, but it's okay. I wasn't called to be popular. I was called to call to, to be to be godly. Oh, um, this 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 morning when I spoke to the specific pastor, without mentioning a name, I said, "Listen, can you please get all of the pastors in your church, please to tune in tonight?" And he, he actually gave yeah. me he actually gave me lip, and he said, um, "This is just another waste of our time again. Our 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 <laughs> government can't even plan." Plan um, um, accurately. So this so-called hate speech bill—it'll—it'll it'll never, it'll never come to reality. And then I said, "Listen, my friend, you gotta understand that this, this—it's it, ironic. All the positive stuff our government ain't pushing, but the negative stuff has got the tendency of being pushed." I said, "Listen, if you don't make your stand, what we may and may not say, and can and cannot preach from my pulpit, will be mm-hmm. impacted by this." It will be impacted tremendously because if someone feels <laughs> feels that you offended them by what they said, they can take it to court exactly. for hate speech. This is way bigger than just than just a normal bull. This is going to restrict pastors from the gospel of Christ from the pulpit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 a bit tragic, um, Dwayne, because. People say this and they talk about a waste of time, etc. Until the law actually is passed and it hits and um, people's lives are impacted and you realize what you can and cannot do. That's mm. when now you realize that it wasn't a waste of time, actually. Mm. I mean, just let's look at the issues around COVID as an example and look how many um freedoms it's taken away from us in terms of freedom of association in terms of freedom of speech covid came with a whole bunch of regulations and suspended many of our constitutional rights so you're not allowed to just associate you can't your movements are restricted your associations are restricted what you can and cannot say is restricted around this you can't talk about this and all of that you know, so look how drastically our lives have changed just because of uh, an issue around COVID. And this is where we're moving to. We're moving towards draconian laws mm. whereby our freedoms are going to be restricted. Mm. What you can say, this hate speech bill, along with the Papuda bill and the Papuda, we remember, yeah. is the promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination bills. So these two pieces mm. of legislation together, if we don't put submission, it is going to severely hamper what we can and cannot say. It is going to make us vulnerable to people who just don't like us, people who um, have had arguments with us. Anybody can lodge a case against you as a, as a way of like wanting to bring revenge and concoct a case against you of, of, of unfair discrimination in the case of Papuda or of hate speech in the case of the hate speech bill. And the issue is not even around your innocence, Dwayne, because mm. what can happen is that you may be tied up in court. You may be very innocent and you may be able to prove your innocence after maybe a year or two years because our courts have backlogs. So you may be in and out of the court system. That means you have to hire a lawyer to defend yourself. That's money. And as you're going to court all the time, you're losing days. You may not be able to go to your job. You may lose your job. 
in the course of trying to defend yourself, or you may lose your business if you're an entrepreneur in the course of trying to defend yourself. You may lose a lot of money trying to, you know, bring, if you're not a lawyer who can represent themselves, then you may lose a lot of money and you may lose credibility and your reputation. There's a lot at stake here. And after two years, you come out and you're found uh, innocent. But guess what? Your whole life is, has changed. Your whole life has been ripped apart. You know, it's, it's, it's got some really terrible consequences, terrible consequences. And so it's not a law that's only going to affect the body of Christ. Let's be clear about that. It's not just going to affect the body of Christ. It's going to affect the whole nation. However, insofar as it impacts on freedom of religion specifically, because there are sections that have been deliberately drafted to make sure that the church, which stands as a benchmark, as a, as a uh, kind of voice for morality, an ethical voice, um, because really the move is towards legislating immorality. So whenever you and I talk about anything that's immoral or sinful as defined in our Bible, it's going to be defined as hate speech, as hate speech. And, and so the church is, is um, targeted more than any other you know, demographic or any other sector of society. The church is targeted even more in terms of this this legislation we are expected to preach our faith we're expected to be vocal about our faith we are expected according to our faith to call out sin to call out sin to 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 call out what is right and what is wrong and the issue is going forward when you do that it is going to fall most likely under the definition of hate speech if you and i do not take time out to make submissions so that's the reality of it that's the reality. And we can get angry, but I can tell you one thing. If the law passes and we don't do anything about it and it affects our religious freedom, we're going to be even angrier. We will be more angry with our rights being taken away than we would be angry with whatever inconvenience we perceive this to be. That, oh, it's inconvenient. I can't be bothered. Well, we will wish we were bothered if and when the law passes without our submissions and we're living under very restrictive conditions and restrictive laws, we will definitely wish we had taken part. Well, Rev, I am um, I'm sort of your co-host. I'm not the host of this program. The two of us, when we're on air, I just listen to you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a, a comment here towards my co-host, not towards an attorney. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned that we're going be, to be angry once they take our rights away. I want to. I want right. to. Want to. I want to clearly define the difference in definition: taking something and giving something. Because I'm always, yeah. I'm almost at a point right now where I feel that if we do not make our voices heard, if we do not stand up for what is our biblical responsibility, they're not only taking it; we are also yeah. giving it free willingly because we're not willing to do something about it. And and Absolutely. at the end of the session, you're yeah. going to call us to action. And at the end of the session, you're going, yeah. to, you're going to explain to us how we can action this. One of the people that I spoke to today said, okay, Dwayne, will you be happy? I'm going to circulate the petition in my church. And I said, please don't do that. No. Don't do no that. Petition. Because if you have 500 signatures, it counts as one. Yeah. Rather equip exactly. them to give 500 submissions. 
Explain to exactly. our listeners and to the pastors and to the congregation yeah. leaders tonight, what is the difference between signing a petition and submitting uh, the way that you're going to call us to action later this evening? Well, the best way I can simplify it is to say that basically they count papers. They count papers. So if you have 500 signatures on one paper, they're going to count one paper. It's counted as a submission. And interestingly enough, I was doing another radio interview and somebody said, well, they spoke to some of the churches and the churches were saying, no, well, my pastor submitted submission on my behalf. It, it is not possible. He does, he, everybody who submits, submits as an individual. They submit for themselves. So your pastor, if he made a submission, it's not on behalf of the church. It's on behalf of him as an individual. They're going to count it as one. They're not going to count it. Even if the church is 10,000 members, it's going to count as one. It's not going to count as 10,000. And so that's why each and every one of us have to make an effort. And we've done that previously. We know it can be done with Papuda. And thanks to you were one of the people who helped so much. You know, so many uh, we, we did a number of, of, of interviews on it. And there were, th- there were so many submissions that were sent. Dwayne, that it crashed the, the Department of Justice's website. It crashed their email system. A, a, a couple of hundred that, thousand, That's what it? we need to do. Yeah, that's what we need to do. I mean, they had a point where they couldn't receive any more because the email system was not geared to expect that. I mean, we surprised them. So that's what we need to do. You know, just that should send a nice, loud message. That, look, we so much do not want this that will crash your system. <laughs> and and we've we've seen we've seen that this this works this works and previously you know there were submissions made also on the uh, hate speech which had an impact and you know I I, I want to talk a little bit about this but I do also want to start off by saying that the hate speech is not like a today or yesterday's thing. Dwayne, I remember talking about the hate speech. I first talked about in fact I wrote a series of three articles on the hate speech in 2011. I published them in a, a move magazine and it was a warning to the body of Christ to say, listen, there is a hate crimes that the nations around the world have been slowly introducing hate crimes legislation. And the warning was South Africa, it's just a question of time when we will be having to deal with hate crimes legislation. That was 10 years ago already. It was a clear-cut warning, a prophetic warning to us. And we've just been sitting and, and you know, eating maguinha and chips and pop and flace and braying. And now <laughs> it is upon us. Now, this is what the nations say, Dwayne. Oh. When they're introducing hate crimes legislation, like hate speech and all of that, Papuda-related bills, their agenda, they are saying that the legislation is there to protect vulnerable groups in society from intimidation and assault, Mm. to protect vulnerable groups, okay? I'm putting that in quotes. But here's the thing. We know that actually the real agenda is not so much around the vulnerable groups, but it's more to silence the church. And that is because the church is a moral barometer. The church is supposed to be the salt and the light. So the church is the one that will make noise when you start legalizing prostitution, for instance, which from our eyes is something that's immoral. The church will never want anything to do with with promotion of promiscuity. 
So anything that has to do with the promotion of sexual immorality and pro- prostitution and, and um, promiscuity, the church is, is supposed to stand up. So by using these kind of laws, which are determined as hate speech, now it gives uh, people a leg to stand on. To any time the church says this is immoral, or any time the church says this is unethical, uh, you know, promoting and provoking pro- promiscuity and, and prostitution, now it will be said, oh, but that's hate speech. You are discriminating against a particular category of people. You are discriminating apart against a particular group. When all you're doing is trying to take a righteous stand, a righteous stand for for what is right behavior, what is um, integrity, good behavior. I mean, you know, righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach. So that means when we try and take a stand in terms of that scripture, promoting righteousness so that our nation can be exalted. Anytime we do that, we are in danger of being thrown in prison under the, 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 you know, the guise, under the guise of having spoken some hate speech. So that, that, that's the background to this hate speech bill. Like I said, for 10 years, I know I've been talking about it and saying it's coming, it's coming. And now it is upon us. Now we, 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 Religious freedom has to be protected at all costs, Dwayne. We cannot afford to give this away. Once it's given away, there are churches in America, United States of America and other nations where they can no longer preach the full gospel. You know, in particular states, they can only preach part of the Bible. And we are called to preach the whole gospel. Uh, What we are saying also on this is that if you are saying you want to protect the vulnerable, and you want to protect, um, you know, the disadvantaged, all of that, the, the vulnerable groups from intimidation. There is so much law, Dwayne. There is plenty of legislation that is out there to protect them. Why do you have to make a special hate speech uh, legislation? There's so much. I mean, crimin- why can't the law that applies to everybody else apply to them? You know, if somebody gets beaten, you say you want to protect vulnerable groups from being beaten. If, if a vulnerable person gets beaten, there's criminal legislation dealing with assault. Why wouldn't you just use that criminal legislation instead of having to formulate specific legislation that now is targeted at, at specific people groups? So that's all we're saying. There's a lot of law out there. There's enough legislation. If you go around insulting people, if you go around defaming people, there's legislation that deals with defamation. There's legislation that deals with with assault. There's all sorts of that, but the the legislation is sufficient. We don't need any extra legislation. This hate speech, hate crimes bill, it's it's superfluous. It's superfluous. We don't need it. There's enough legislation that can cover all types of crime out there. All right. Well, Rev, to put this, just mm -hmm. to put this a bit in perspective, I got a, I got a, (laughs) I got actually a funny WhatsApp just now. Someone said, what does this mean for us average speaking people who don't understand (laughs) your terminologies? (laughs) Could you give us an analogy, an example of a typical thing that, that a pastor used to say from a stage where he or she will now be restricted from saying that if this hate speech bill gets pushed through? 
Well, yeah, that, do you know what the challenge is about that is because I know on your radio station, yeah. there's certain things that, you know, we, we can and cannot say. So that's already mm. a challenge right there. So it's hard for me to give an example without self-incriminating also. <laughs> but let me say this, the, the, the definition, here's the definition of um, hate speech under this uh, draft bill. The definition is that hate speech is defined as a clear intention to be harmful or to incite harm or promote or propagate hatred on the basis of these characteristics. So in other words, if you say anything that relates to the categories I'm about to mention, um, that, that, you know, if you say anything that has to do with somebody's age or that refers to like if you're not Albino, there yeah, she it refers is. to that it has to do with somebody's hello yes can you hear me yep. i can hear you yes if you can continue okay yes i was saying that the the hate speech is defined as a clear intention to be harmful or to incite harm or promote or propagate hatred on the basis of any one of these characteristics so you will be found guilty of hate speech if they feel that you intended to cause harm or incite harm to anybody in relation to somebody's age, in relation to a person with albinism, for instance, in relation to somebody's birth, in relation to their color, in relation to their culture, in relation to their disability, in relation to their ethnic or social origin, in relation to their gender or their gender identity. If somebody perceives themselves, for instance, to be of another gender, if you say anything that, you know, can be construed as harmful to them, that will also be hate speech. In relation to their age status, in relation to their language, in relation to their nationality, to their migrant or refugee status you know in south africa like we like to call people i don't know if you've ever heard of the terminology where they call foreigners so-called foreigners they call them yeah yeah so <laughs> in south africa let me tell you if you now under this hate speech you dare call anybody now that will definitely be defined as hate speech and you can literally go to prison for three years now that's the, that's for the first offense. For first offense, you go to prison for three years. Any subsequent offenses, you go to prison for up to five years plus a fine. So, Riv, so you, if you um, talk about also in relation to their race, mm. and you know we have issues with race, anything in relation to their religion or their sexual orientation. So any one of those. So if you're preaching and you talk about anything like 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 you know around that um you know th there was a case recently where somebody was just preaching an innocent scripture from the bible around how jesus is the only way jesus is the only way but you you, you can only come through by him and that was perceived as hate, hate speech mm. Mm. because it means that you're you are cutting off all the others those who don't come from jesus so somebody from another faith reported that as hate speech. 
So you understand the ramifications and the implications. That, that's just what we think is an innocent um, scripture. Now, Jesus is the central core part of our, our faith. Mm. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So how do you preach a gospel without preaching about Jesus? And how do you preach about Jesus without saying that he's the only way? No man can come to the Father except by me. Now, if you preach that, that is perceived as hate speech. Mm. So uh, that's an example right there. It sounds innocent enough, but for others, it's something that can be reported as hate speech because they're saying you're discriminating against them and they've been excluded. And so it's hate speech. Sure. Right, Rev, we're going to, we actually have a WhatsApp that just came in, but before we go for that WhatsApp, we're going to take a very short break, break while you tuned into Radio Pulpit 657 AM. And, um, my guest tonight, well, my co-host once a month, it's not a guest anymore, Reverend Paul Coupe, and um, I am just, it's absolutely, I say this every week and I'll continue to say this whenever she's on air, it's an absolute pleasure having her, an honor having her. And Rev, um, earlier earlier in our conversation, you said that you like the mm-hmm. fact that this is becoming a movement um, once a month yeah. Yeah, on our channel, and I can really tell you that... Uh, I'm overwhelmed by what's going on on this WhatsApp line and what's going on with all the requests coming in. Usually when, when a song plays, I take a break for a second, sip some water. I've been sitting here and I've been, I've been, I've been replying to people's messages, people saying, uh, this is serious. We just tuned in. How can we learn more? Um, uh, you might have a few followers after tonight. Um, you a, a specific message that just came in from a pastor and, um, I'm, I'm gonna. I first, I want to acknowledge this pastor. Um, it's. It's. I think it's hard to send a message like this, but um, hats off to you. I wish all pastors could do this. He said that Dwayne. It's clear that I have underestimated how serious this is. I have to apologize not only to you, but I have to apologize to my congregation. Um, I feel that as a pastor, I have misled my people, and there's greater responsibility on the church than I was ever aware of. Um, I would like to have more details on how to know more about this high speech, which I will share with him later. And, and Rev, his comment here is a valid comment. He said, I don't really have yeah. a question. I just want to reply to what Rev Paul Coupe said. Yes, yeah, she did mention the fact that there's certain stuff she can't say over the air. Um, which we understand, we, we got a, uh, there's certain stuff we can't say, but based on the list that Reverend Paul Coupe listed, it will limit us as pastors from the pulpit to truly preach the gospel because yeah. it touches too much borderlining Bible topics. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's the point. I mean, you know, the Bible says that we mustn't be lukewarm, right, um, Dwayne? And once you take the aspect of sin out, when you can't preach about sin and people cannot be convicted about wrong lifestyles, wrong lifestyles, you've basically made it a, a, a novel. You've made the Bible into a novel, into some sort of a lukewarm kind of thing. You've, you've taken the conviction aspect around it. Uh, out of it. And that's the whole intention, really. Like I said, the global trend is to move towards legalizing immorality. We want to legalize prostitution. We want to legalize uh, immorality. We want to legalize, you know, we've legalized abortion, all those kind of things. We've legalized all sorts of things around there. And now we want to criminalize holiness. 
<laughs> so that is where this world is going to the global trend, using law to legalize sexual promiscuity, call yourself whatever you want to be, you can be and you can sleep with as many people as you want and you can get paid for it. That is all hunky-dory and great. But the minute you want to be holy and you, there's a call to holiness and righteousness, you're the one who goes to prison now because you talked about sin and sin has now been defined as hate speech. So you who's standing for righteousness, which God has called us to stand for, he said, righteousness exalts a nation. You who stands for righteousness will go to prison and you who stand for promiscuity will be actually hailed as a hero, you know, pro pro provoking and promoting, um, you know, all this unrighteousness and people just to sleep around and have orgies and et cetera. You'll be hailed as, an, as a hero and the pastor who's preaching righteousness will end up in prison and end up with a criminal record. And let me tell you about the criminal record. You know, because even I have said, I'm ready to go to prison. And it's true. Uh, I am ready if I have to go to prison, you know, as long as it's doing something that God told me to do. I don't want to go to prison for nothing. But I, I'm ready to go if, if God says, you know, do this and I land up in prison. Well, it's fine. But here's the thing about prison. When you come out, you have a criminal record. Mm. You have a criminal record. And the thing about having a criminal record, Dwayne, is it makes you unemployable after that. If you're looking for a job, the HR people, one of the things HR people do is to check for a background check. They conduct a background check. And if you have a criminal record, they're not going to employ you. And if you have a criminal record, it'll be hard to travel. Because if you have to travel to a place where they require a visa, one of the visa questions they're going to ask you is do you have, have you ever been convicted for a crime? And if you say yes, it's unlikely that you'll be granted a visa. So there are all sorts of other implications that come with criminal record. You know, a three-year prison fine, a prison sentence is what you may get uh, for the first offense and for subsequent offenses is five years. So even with parole on a three-year sentence, you will spend at least two years in prison because well, they only chop off one third of the sentence. Yeah. Well, Rev, just to put that into perspective, if you go to justice.gov.za um, and you type in the word uh, yeah. hate, hate speech bill, the prevention of combating yeah. of hate crimes and hate speech bill, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I quote the following. Yeah. Gives effect to the Republic's uh, obligations in terms of the constitutional and international human rights instruments concerning racism, racial discrimination, xenophobia, and related intolerance in accordance with international law and obligations. That's... Um, Basically, they want to limit what we say by spreading the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. That is put in short. Yeah. And mind you, let's remember that human rights, um, because, you know, my area of focus was, was human rights uh, for, for my master's, uh, human rights and labor law. Let's remember that human rights has been redefined. So human rights previously used to represent uh, rights like rights to water, food, basics like that, accommodation, that's what we used to talk about when we talked about human rights. And, and, and of course, it went to including, you know, rights of association, um, rights to religion, etc. But human rights now, according to the redefinition, human rights means it's, uh, abortion. You're, a right to abort a baby is a human right now. 
Mm. Um, mm. Legalized mm. prostitution is seen as a human right. So when they say that they are aligning this with human rights, because that's what they're saying, that's that that's the agenda that they're saying. They are they are talking about a human rights that has been redefined, that is no longer the original human rights, which had to do with the protection of mankind. It's now um, the protection of immorality and promiscuity. That's what human rights represents today. It's protection of immorality and pro- promiscuity. Well, Rev, just before we go, we've got seven minutes left. And uh, so often we get so carried away with the topic that we spend very little time (laughs) on the call to action. On telling them how. And and this for me is very important that we spend the last seven minutes equipping people, giving them the tools. And I need you to please give that. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to post it on all of my pages as well. Uh, You can go, if you like, to my personal Facebook page right now. You can go to Radio Pulpit's Facebook page, the session that's about to start in 16 minutes from now, from 8 to 9. Reverend Paul Kupai is going to, if you missed out, this is going to be a carbon copy afterwards in more depth. Please tune in. Rev, call us to action. Go for it. Thank you. Call to action. Listen, um, as attorneys and lawyers and, you know, Forest some of my friends at Forest have been very vocal and very vociferous in, in you know, just um, sending the word out there as well. And, um, yeah, so some of the challenges with the legislation is that the definition of hate speech is still very wide. It's very wide open. Um, the tests to be applied in deciding things like good faith. There's some terminologies that are not clear. And the one thing that there's a concern around is that although there is a an exemption clause, there was an exemption clause that was put in um, regarding the religious aspect it has to be strengthened it has to be strengthened otherwise pastors will still go to jail now in terms of going forward this is what needs to be done we need to make submissions before the deadline which is uh october the first so friday october the first is our last day so basically we have tomorrow wednesday and thursday and that's it that's it so we need to make those um submissions uh we There's a template that is available on www.4sa.org.za. And it's very important that we go into that website because part of the reason why people say they don't make submissions is exactly what one of the listeners raised earlier on. He said, listen, we don't understand the language, etc. And we understand, you know, legalese is, is not easy to comprehend for everybody. So 4SA has, has, you know, thankfully made things easier for us. So if you go to www.4sa.org.za, you will find a template there that will make, they've simplified it. So they make it easy for you to make submissions. So that, that is, you know, it's, it's, it's quite straightforward. It's quite simple. So I, I needed you to understand the urgency. Number one, we only have three, four days left. I needed people to understand the implications and the consequences that would accrue to you as an individual and to the body of Christ as a group and corporate body. And I needed you to understand, um, you know, going forward. And law, let me tell you, beloved, law is very difficult to change. It takes years. The legislative process is a long process. You know, I mean, it, it starts with the National Assembly 
where the drafts are made or if it's a, a law that affects the National Council of Provinces, it starts with them. And then it comes to us for it's gazetted and it comes for public con consultation and gazetted and public comment. Then it still goes back. It still goes back before the president signs the law and the bill into assent. It still goes back, but it's a lengthy process. It can take a couple of years. So if this law is passed, in other words, even if we say we're going to change it, it's going to take years again. It's going to take years. And how many people might have been imprisoned within those years before we can change it back? So we can't afford to miss this opportunity. We need to go out there now and we need to go and, and make a, a difference. Your voice counts. If, if you know, if 100,000 of us go out there, it's, it's definitely something. But we need more than 100,000. We need to give a clear message to, to um, the government that we are an 81% Christian nation. Let's not just be a Christian nation in terms of statistics, just stats, but not in terms of action. Let us be an 81% Christian nation in action. God said faith without works is dead. This is the time we're calling South Africa to do the works. It's time, it's time for the works. We've done the praying. Now we've got to do the works. And the works means we must go and vote like November the 1st elections. That's the works. You must go and vote. The works means we must make the submissions. That's the works. So that's that's it right there. And Rev, it's actually so easy. Um, as you were talking, I logged into 4sa.org.za. The homepage, literally on the homepage, it takes you to a section where it says fill in an individual submission for the hate speech bill. Right. If you go into it, it's literally the landing page. You've got to fill in a drop-down list, your religion, <laughs> your details, and boom, send, submit. It is as easy as that. Rather fill in 100,000 of those than get 100,000 signatures on the paper. That is what we need. Right, Rev, Absolutely. it's the end of our evening. <laughs> you, you've got a 10-minute break to do your makeup and to get yourself yes. ready for this evening's well, program. Listen, makeup, what is makeup? I mean, <laughs> lockdown put a shut to that. There's no point in putting lipstick on when, you know, your, your what do you call it? Your mask is covering everything. But thank you again for the... For the opportunity and um yeah thank you so much Dwayne, and thank you to all the listeners rev i posted this on my social media page and the first person to comment you can go check it out was my mom she said uh, she loves the, she loves you you're a beautiful lady so there you've got it from my mom i am going to have tea with <laughs> mommy one day and we're just gonna have tea and we're gonna skin her about you Ah, uh, you are more than welcome. I've been—I was a good boy all my life, so there's nothing negative. Well, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Rev, it's, it's been a pre pleasure. Uh, we'll pray for you from eight to nine. Continue with the good work, and I can't wait. I think it's only three weeks from now. We'll be back on air again. Can't wait for that, Rev. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Take care. Ble I'm already on the Zoom meeting. Super. Go for a Rev. Chat later. Bye bye. Blessings. Bye bye. All right, so that was Reverend Paul Kupai. We're going to take a short break right after this. I'll be back. This is Jack back. This is... As I can do it, I'll be back at the end of us. And the Radio Council 657 AM. Or Kaapse Council 729. And an unbelievable day with Reverend Paul Kupai. I want to give a shout-out to you. A very special shout-out for an unbelievable young man who the calling of his life is going to entdeck. And it's a young man with the name of Sinclair Ness. This is uh, the legend Nicky Ness' son who today is for a year 
Onthou hierdie datum, Sint Klernes, ek gaan nie sy bijnaam op die licht sê nie, <laughs> eder nie, ek gaan wel vir jou sê dat, hou hierdie naam boks in die, in die, in, in die bokswereld, hier kom een wereldkampioen, Sint Kler, hierdie oom like jou kwaai, ek love jou man, ek love jou pa, en um, ek is so trots op die jongman wat jy bezig is om te word, baie, baie geluk met die baie speciale dag, en dis op nationale radio van Gauteng tot in die kapies, mense oor 7 wat ingeskak is, wat vir jou vanavond a happy birthday wens. Daarmee jylle dan die einde van my program, en uh, dis vir my so lekker om vanavond saam met jylle te gekeir het, want daar gaan asjeblief na 4SI, F-O-R-S-I, si.org.zi Go do your submission and go make sure that your voice is heard if it comes to the hate bull speech. Your voice can make a difference. You can be sure of that. As a vooragend vooraansamdeel te keier, tot volgende week, selfde tyd, selfde plek, 